I want to give you a word today. I have something that God put on my heart, and I want to share it with you. Are you all excited about God's word? Awesome. Um, I'm going to start in Matthew, Matthew 28 through 30, and it says this. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. I'm going to say that again. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How many of you want to live freely and lightly? I mean, there's a promise right here that we can live light, free, that we can live with a restored heart, that we can have freedom in our lives, and that we can live in grace. You know, the grace is not really to just get you out of sin. Grace is in your life so that you can overcome sin, right? So when Jesus shed his blood, he, he empowered us to overcome sin and do things that he called us to do. That's beyond our ability. Isn't it great that we're able to be used by God beyond our ability, beyond what we can do, beyond what we're able to do. That's why we're saved. That's why we've given our lives to God is because God wants us to understand that without him, we have no forgiveness of sin. Without him, we have no freedom. Without him, we live in condemnation. Without him, we can't do his work. You know, it's true that all of us, if we had a perfect day today, if we had a perfect day and we tried to live perfectly, it would fall short of Jesus. It would fall short of who God is. And you need his grace. You need his forgiveness of sin. You need his empowerment. And whenever we see the goodness of God, we're able to come into a grace and do great things for him. You know, it's when we lose sight of the goodness of God and we try to do things in our own effort and our own ability that we begin to get outside of grace, right? How many of you want a rhythm of grace in your life? You know, I don't want just a day that's good, two days that are good. I want a rhythm of grace where you're feeling the grace of God in your life every single day, every single day. And that's what a rhythm is, right? A rhythm is something that's systematic, a rhythm is not something that's hit and miss. It's systematic and it causes momentum. And really when you live in grace, it causes a momentum for your life that things of the world seem small or the problems of the world seem small and you begin to live in a grace and you become better of a person than you're able to be on your own. And uh, you might find yourself at times where you, you can fall or you can slip up or you can make mistakes. But how many of you know that you can overcome that? Christianity isn't about doing good and then falling, doing good and then falling, doing good and then falling. Christianity is about believing what Jesus did on the cross so that we can have a rhythm of grace. That we can have a rhythm of staying free from sin. That we can be in a rhythm of loving people. That we can be in a rhythm of being in God's presence. 
right? We don't want to do good one week and fall on our face the next week. We want a rhythm of grace. We want God's grace to overpower our lives. How many of you really want that today? Now, Jesus made it very clear to us. He said, this is how you get a rhythm of grace. Have you ever done something for somebody or you've, uh, you've reached out to somebody, it touched somebody's life, and you thought, if I can only do this every day. Or you prayed and you felt God's presence and you felt him strong and you thought, if only I can do this every single day. Now, God gives us a secret. He gives us a blueprint or a pattern of how to be able to live in a rhythm of his grace every single day. He says this. He says, these are the three things. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. And it's not one week we walk with him, and then the next week we walk. Every single day we walk with him, we work with him, and we watch. Every single day. Look at your neighbor and say, it's every day. I love the song that Bray sang. It's very applicable because the cross is before us. The world is behind us. And give me Jesus who he is. Serving God doesn't have to do with just coming to church on Sunday. Serving God has to do with laying your life down every single day for the king. That you say, you save me from my sins, but now you're the Lord of my life. That is what Christianity is. You know, a lot of people wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't say, well, come and visit me. I'm the synagogue on, on Sundays, Saturdays. He didn't say, just come see me every week. He said, well, you know, um, foxes have holes and birds have nests. I don't know where I'm going to lay my head. It's really about a lifestyle. He's getting a point across that it's a lifestyle. And it's not just a, a hit and miss thing. It's a rhythm of your life. A lot of people wanted to follow him, and he said, listen, I don't know. Uh, if, if you're ready, come on. Let's do it right now. He said, if you're going to make this decision to follow me, you got to count the costs. Isn't that what Jesus said? He didn't beg people to follow him every single day. He said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to count, you got to count the costs. He said, you don't build a building or you don't build a house halfway done. He said, if you're going to do it, you got to finish it. And how many of you don't want to start this race really well, but you just want to finish it really well? And greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. You can see a lot of people start, but are you able to finish well? And Jesus said this, if you want to follow me, if you want to follow me, he says this in Luke 9, 23. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. On Sundays, every other day, did he say every other day? He said, just do your best. He said, if you're going to follow me, it's a daily pursuit. It's a daily pursuit of walking with me, of working with me, and watching how I do things. How many of you want to serve him every single day? I'm pretty sure when we see how good God is, then we will let go of the things that trip us up. He's pretty much saying this is the secret right here. If you want to live free, if you want to live light, if you want to feel restored, this is the secret right here. Walk with me every day. Work with me every single day. And begin to watch how I do it. And so we're going to go over those things today. And I pray 
that we all make a decision to follow him every day. How many of you want to make a decision to follow him every single day? Every single day of your life. When he called his disciples, it wasn't like they were following him on the weekends. When he called his disciples, they had to make a decision every single day. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to do the work with you. I'm going to follow you. How many of you know we have the same responsibility? That responsibility of following God. The Bible says if you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. But if you live, give your life away to Jesus, you'll find life. Why you were really born. Why you really have breath in your lungs. Real fulfillment. Have you ever got that thing you've always wanted and it was still empty? Jesus said, listen, the world is empty. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the things that you live for for yourself, you can go after those, but it's empty. It's going to leave you dry. It's not why you were born. It's not why I created you. It's not why I formed you. He said, begin to follow me and you're going to find life. This life is not just the breath in our lungs. This life is a spiritual life that Jesus promises for us when we really follow him. How many of you want that life? That life that, that is uh, restored. You might have gone through a lot of brokenness in your life. You might have gone through relationship through relationship. You might have gone through horrible things. But God, he's our redeemer. He restores us. He turns it around, right? If you have, if you, if you have spent it all and you wasted it all, the good news is God has redeemed you. I don't care if you've been on drugs all your life and you think, well, you know, because I went on, I was on drugs, I have no serotonin left. God can redeem you. He can make you happy again. He can make you excited again. It doesn't matter how many people you have abused and the things that you have done. God can redeem you and cause you to be a person that steps into your divine destiny. And it's, see, because those are the people that God's looking for. Those are the kind of people that God's looking for, not the ones that just have it all together and say, I don't really need God. No, it's those that say, look, without God, I'm a mess up. I need him to restore me. I need him to redeem me. God, I have blown it, but I need your credit. I don't want to live off of my own credit. I want to live off of your credit. Look, you need a co-signer. His name is Jesus. <laughs> and he, has, he owns it all. He owns it all. The Bible says that he is love. If you're looking for love, then find God. He is love. He is what fills you. Listen, you can, you can try everything in the book. You can have any kind of fame. You can have any kind of desire. But when you find God, all those things seem like garbage compared to him. And you feel a fulfillment. Listen, marriages can't make it without him. You, they, you might stay together, but there's not true love in there because you got to have the creator of love in the middle of your marriage. You might be doing good. You might have a scholarship to, to go to college. You might, you might be doing good in high school. But listen, all that fulfillment that you think that you can find in friends and companions and boyfriends and girlfriends, those are all good. But they will leave you empty and broken when God is not in the middle of it. You'll be broken. The good news is God is not scared of broken situations. God is not scared of broken circumstances. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he seeks to save those that are lost and don't know him. See, it's not 
guilting people into serving God. That is not what the Bible says happens when you really go for the long haul. It's that you see the goodness of God and it brings you to repentance. He still loved you when you were in that sin. He still would have died for you when you were doing those things that you were ashamed of, but it was the goodness of God that brought you into repentance. You were bought with a price and you say, now I'm not my own. You were bought with a price. How many of you want to begin to see who God is, walk with him, and begin to work with him, and begin to listen to him and watch him so that you can begin to live this life with God? You know, the thing that I love about Valentine's Day, it kind of gets us, uh, it kind of shows us how we should be all the time with people that have been married for a long time. (laughs) You know, I notice on Valentine's Day, you know, um, that like I was opening the door happily for Leah in the car. You know, you, you get married for after 10 years, you're like, hop on in, you know, <laughs> get on in the car. Let's go. I'm just being honest. I mean, when we first started dating, man, I was opening the car. There was flowers. There was cards that was like, you know, if there was like emojis back then, I would have been an emojing fool back in the day. I would have been, you know, the heart, everything just, you know, because I had it bad. I had it bad. And, and the thing about Valentine's Day is you really can see, um, uh, are you still living this as a rhythm or is it a once a year thing? You know, on Valentine's Day, the, 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 the women, the wife, they're putting on something sexy. They're putting something hot. You're like, let's do this every night. Let's have Valentine's every single night. Like, let, let's, let's throw away those big pants. You know what I mean? Let's get something that looks good every day. Let's just not wait till Valentine's Day. Let's keep this thing going. Some of the women are, like, staring at me like, don't even try it. That's my comfy pants. I put those in after the bed, after, after the kids go to the bed. Don't mess up my comfy pants. You've had that T-shirt for 10 years. Throw it away. The Momo, whatever, Moo Moo, whatever those things are called. <laughs> Throw it away. Work with what you got. All the men said, amen. They said it quietly. <laughs> I want to ride. When, when when today's over, leave me alone. <laughs> but it's, it is the truth. We find we find ourselves on these times. We start to say, "Is this how I'm living my life, or or is this like uh, kind of bringing me to the standard?" But how many of you know that marriages should have a rhythm? Marriages should have a rhythm. They should have a rhythm of spending time with each other. They should have a rhythm of loving each other. It shouldn't be just like, I'm going to say nice things to you because it's Valentine's Day. It should be a rhythm, right? And God is saying, listen, I don't want, I don't want Valentine's Day Christians. I don't want people to just come around every once in a while and say, you know what, because it's a special day, I'm going to open the door for you. Because it's a special day, I'm going to take you somewhere nice. I'm going to say nice things. He said, no, 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 I want a daily pursuit. I want a daily walk. And so we see this in our lives, and God gives us three steps that he says, this is what I want daily. This is what I want daily. How many of you just love your your spouse? You're thankful for your spouse? Come on, I'm I'm trying to get you bonus points right now. You just love your spouse. It uh, It is one of those things where we say, this is the love of our life till death do us part, right? 
and when we give our life to God, it's the same. It's not just like, well, every once in a while. No, it's a commitment every single day. I'm going to follow you. I want a rhythm. I want, I want my rhythm with God to bring momentum in my life. Do you want that? You know, a lot of Christians, it's kind of like the car that's turning over and then putters out. You can, it will start to turn over and then it, it, it will just kind of putter out. It was a little ig- ignition, but how many of you know a motor, it has to be systematic. A motor has to run and it has to be systematic. And this is what God says. He says, this is how you become in a place where you're in a daily rhythm with me. The first thing is I want you to walk with me. The first thing is I want you to walk with me. What does that mean? That means that I have a daily walk with God. I spend time with him daily. I spend time with him daily. Now, if this is a struggle for you, then I believe that grace is going to bring you there. The Bible says that when he shed his blood, it gave us grace to go to the throne of grace, right? And so God, when you you begin to tell God, God, I need your help. I need your help. I want to daily have a relationship with you. How many of you know that we were born to have a daily relationship with God? A daily walk with God. Every single day. Every single day that we walk with him. When when God created man, Adam and Eve, the Bible says that they walked with God at the cool of the day. They enjoyed their life. It was a fulfilled life. But God knew that they needed to walk with God at the cool of the day. And I believe that God wants us to spend time with him at another level because it's what empowers us. Listen, when we spend time with God, there's less stress. There's less worry. There's less of that in your life. The Bible says that you should be anxious for nothing. That means nothing. That means zero. No matter what's going on in your life, be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer supplication, thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. See, we want to give the big things. God's like, I want to know everything. I want to be the friend. You know, recently uh, I, um, I hurt my back, and it was, uh, it was kind of a funny thing of, about, it was funny because everybody had an opinion about what I needed to do, especially my wife. My wife, you don't know this, but she's, it's Dr. Leah. It's not just Leah. Because she web MDs everything. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that doctors web MD everything too. If you have a doctor that comes in, you tell him your problems, and he leaves out the room and he comes back and gives you a solution, he's web MDing that thing. You could be a doctor. You could be a doctor. You just look up. You know, the scary thing about WebMD, if you're a hypochondriac, you're going to like, you can have an upset stomach and you think you have like Crohn's disease or something. You know what I mean? Because you, it has all these problems. Everybody was saying, well, you know what? You just, it, you, it happened at the gym. You were lifting too heavy. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, it, was, it was this and that. But really what, it, what I found out it was, is what I was trying to do something new and I was dehydrated. And I had a muscle spasm. And the muscle spasm caused my, caused my muscle to like lock up and it was very painful. It's because I wasn't drinking enough water. You know, they say that our bodies are made up of 65 to 70% water. That without water, um, you're gonna have some issues. You know, if you have some headaches, it's probably water. 
Everything's water now. The solution to everything. Bad, bad joints, muscles, just drink some water. You know, but it really is true. We don't, we don't have enough water. S- scientists say that 75% of the people are walking around dehydrated. And it causes a lot of issues. You can get kidney stones. That, that's horrible. You can get all kinds of, you can get bad breath from not drinking enough water. Some of y'all are thinking, I'm sitting by a person right now that needs some water. They need, please, you need more than a Tic Tac. It's deep within. Get you some water. Water, water can, you know, it can solve a lot of the problems. And this is the thing. We are made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. We're spiritual beings. So if we are, if we are being dehydrated spiritually, things are going to get broken down in our life. Things will start to break down in our life. We need more of God. See, a lot of us think we're drinking enough water. We're, 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 you know, we are choosing water over Coke and this and that. But there is a lot. There's a lot that you have to drink. I remember when Leah got in a wreck, she was in the hospital for like a week, and they were, they were hooking IVs up to her, you know, and getting her hydrated. At the, at the end of the week, she was looking like J-Lo. She was glowing. You know, her skin was glowing. It was fit. Why? Because you are, you are getting hydrated. You're getting full. And, and, you know, we actually looked this up. They have hydration uh, bars. Everything's a bar these days, by the way. Coffee bar, hydration bar. There's a bar for everything. But this is a hydration bar where, where you can go and you can just get hooked up for about 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you get hooked up and they like massage your feet or something and you get hydrated. Now, that sounds like a good deal for me. But, but this is the deal. I can't, I can't go there every single day. I can only go there every once in a while. And the thing is, it gets you up to par, but it's up to you to, to sustain it. It's the same with coming to church on Sunday. It's like giving you an IV. It's like giving you an IV, it's getting you up to par, but you got to have a daily re- routine to, to sustain it. Listen, we have, to begin to, we have to begin to learn how to have a relationship with God by ourselves. And so with our lives, we are, we are a spirit man. We're a spirit man. And if you're not getting fed spiritually daily, you're going to be spiritual, spiritually dehydrated. See, when we walk with God, he wants us to begin to not just read a scripture or not just get an inspirational feeling. He wants you to talk with him. Don't you want to talk to God and him talk to you back? That's what a relationship is. How would you feel how would you feel if it, with your spouse, you're the one talking all the time, nobody's talking back? That probably happens sometimes. But you want to have a relationship. You want somebody to talk back and forth. Jesus had a walk with his disciples after he rose from the dead. He found two disciples that were actually discouraged. They were on this road called the road to Emmaus. And they were bummed out because they thought that Jesus died. He didn't rose again. They thought, well, we gave everything to follow him. And the Bible begins to show us what happens when Jesus begins to walk with us. Jesus comes on the scene, and they don't recognize him. Jesus comes on the scene. They don't realize it's God. I'm very confident that a lot of times in our life, God is right there, and we don't even know he's speaking to us. 
God is trying to speak to us, but we don't realize it's God. We think it's our own thoughts or our own whatever, but God is trying to speak to us, and we don't recognize him. And they begin to, he began to ask him questions. He began to say, why are you so down? Did you know God wants to ask you questions? God wants to ask you questions. How is your life? What, what, he's a friend. He's a friend. He wants to ask you questions. He, he began to ask these disciples questions. He said, why are you so down? And they were like, didn't you hear the news? You didn't hear the news? He, Jesus came and he died. And now he's gone. He was a great Messiah, he was a great prophet, and he's gone. And he began to correct them. And he began to say, listen, you're not thinking right. That's, really ha- that's what happens a lot of times when we're in prayer. It's not just God saying, you know what, you're just, you know, uh, just, just feel good about everything. Listen, God corrects us like a good father. And he'll begin to straighten things out in our life. And he'll begin to say, what about this in your life? That's not a right way to think. And he begins to change the way that we think. See, repentance is really changing the way that you think. It is not saying that you're just sorry. If you're saying, if you keep messing up in a sin and you just say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, but you don't think about what you're doing differently, it's not true repentance. And when we're in the presence of God, walking with God daily, he begins to make us look more like him. He begins to challenge us in our thoughts. The Bible says that he began to unfold scripture to them. How many of you don't want to just read a scripture, but you want God to speak to you through that scripture? You want God to speak to you. The Bible says if you want true success in life, then you have to meditate on the word. You have to meditate on this. You think about it, and God will begin to unfold. They still didn't know it was Jesus. And the Bible says at the end of it, they were, they were all down. They were all upset. And at the end of it, the Bible says that he broke bread with them and their eyes were open. And they said, and Jesus disappeared. And he, they said, how much did our hearts burn when we were walking with Jesus? Are you getting burned out? Are you getting burned out? Or do you have a walk with God that sparks a burn in your heart. The Bible says they walked for seven miles and they ran back seven more miles. Whatever they were going to do, they forgot about it and they begin to tell everybody about what God did in their life. Now, in a practical way, you know, I'm not expecting Jesus to come show up and walk with you. But in a practical way, you can get alone with God and begin to ask God questions. You can begin to hydrate yourself spiritually and begin to say, God, I want, I want to be still in your presence. I want to ask you questions. I want to read your word. Not just like five minutes, oh, you know, I, I said a quick prayer. You can tell when people are praying because they become who they were born to be. They, you could see it on their face. You could see it with, the, it's a glow. It's not a thing that they feel obligated to do. It is, a, it is a relationship with the king of kings. Think about this. The one that created you, you get to walk with him daily. Let me ask you, is your spirit getting fed or hydrated daily? Daily. Daily. God says, listen, if you want this rhythm of grace, this is going to have to be daily. Well, you're, well, that sounds like law. I don't have to. No, okay, you don't have to. But I can guarantee you, if you do it, God will begin to change who you are. 
Your problems will become small. You ever been in that place of life, if one little thing else happens, I'm going to flip out? Listen, I guarantee you, if we all had an ear in our houses, we would all look at each other different. Am I true? We put on a good face on Sunday. Like our life, We have an Instagram life, you know what I mean? Like, let's edit it. But the truth is, if I can hear or we can hear throughout all, all the houses, we might, like, say, we need an encounter tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because life happens, and, and your little sweet kids are asking you a question, but the fourth time you don't answer, they ask you another question, and you freak out. You know what I mean? We all have our moments. You just, like, I need some peace. I notice that I can get like that when I'm not in the presence of God. I notice that, that when I'm not in the presence of God, I had somebody the other day, I'm just confessing to you today, is that all right? I had somebody the other day, I was driving down the road, and, uh, and, and he came all the way in my lane. And I was like probably, I'm not lying, probably 20 feet, I ran off the road, but he was looking at his phone. He was like looking, he, don't do that. That's stupid. He ran me off the road, and all of a sudden, something rose up on the inside of me, and I thought, this has to be a teenager that's on his phone. I'm going to run over there. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to, you can tell you're getting older when you're writing down license plates. You know what I mean? (laughs) When you're, I'm going to put their license plate down. I'm going to tell on them. I'm like, who am I? I turn around, I zoomed after, I'm, I'm like, I'm ticked off. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to scold a teenager. I'm a pastor in town, small town. And, but I'm thinking maybe I can help the guy. I pull up, it's a grown man with a beard. And then I said, bro, you ran me off the road. I'm human too. I said, you ran me off the road, you could have killed me. And he said, chill out, homie. Did you just call me homie? Did you, do I look like a homie to you? You just called me homie. Now, I thought I was just going to be like, hey, little kid, settle down. But he just called me homie, and now I'm ready. I'm, I'm about to take the pastor hat off for a second. It was the grace of God. I said something to him. He spun off. I'm going to report him. But I realize, God, I need your presence. I don't need road rage. I need your presence. Old Evan was coming out. If you start noticing, listen, listen, it's not of God to release your anger and hit walls, husbands. To yell at your spouse, to freak out, to scare everybody. They don't respect you because they're just going to be scared of you. That's it. And you have to stop and... and and I don't punch holes in walls, just for the record. <laughs> but uh, you can notice, you can notice yourself being the old you. You got to have his presence. And this is the thing. This is the problem. When we serve God, we always try to do more for God or live for God more. And see, just like working out, if you're going to go to another level, you better get hi- more hydrated. If you want to make goals and you want to run after God, listen, you can't be in college and play football and then go to the NFL and expect to do the same exercises. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get ran over. No, if you go to another level, see, this is the problem. 
The problem is we have people that serve God for so long, they go to another level, but yet they pray less. That's not going to work for you. Something's going to break down. You have to have that presence in your life. Don't try to go to another level and just think, well, you know, I I don't need it. You know, it's the grace of, no, no, no. Something's going to break down. You need him. You need his presence. You were born to be in his presence. Let me get somebody to come and play. The second thing is this, work with God daily. Work with God daily. See, a lot of us, we want to have a mission trip mentality. Am I right? A lot of us want to have a mission trip mentality. In other words, you know what, I want to do something good, so let me schedule it and do something good. Now, mission trips are awesome. The only problem is there's a mission around you every single day. A lot of people say, well, I want to do a good charity event because I want to, I want to do good. That's good. Do charity events. The problem is God wants you to work with him every day. And working with him every day has to do with loving people every single day. Every single day. Not on a scheduled timetable. Well, this is my day that I love people. No, no, no. Every day, love somebody. Every day, help somebody. See, the problem is the reason why we don't help people at times is because we feel unqualified, because we don't feel it. We're not feeling it. Listen, love is not a feeling. Love's a choice. And you have to choose to love people every single day. This is what it is to follow God. It's not, well, cell groups rolling around. I need to love somebody. No, no, no. Every single day, I work with God. Every single day. I work with God. Listen, God wants somebody on your heart every single day to help. Every single day. See, there are two reasons. Number one, we don't feel like it. Number two, we don't feel worthy of it. If I would tell you today, you know what, tell somebody about what God has done in your life. Half of us would think of all the faults and how we're not really feeling full with God and we don't want to be a hypocrite. But this is the secret. This is the secret. You're not going to be full of God and full of his joy unless you're giving it away daily. See, we say we're waiting to fill it. We're waiting for God. No, no, no. Just do it. Just do it because our soul needs it. Just like our spirit Needs God, our soul, our thoughts, our emotions, and our will. It is born, it is made to submit to God daily. And we say, how can we love somebody? How can we encourage somebody? You want to follow Jesus daily, I guarantee you, he's going to some dark places. I guarantee you, he's going to somebody that's hurting. I had all the leaders last week, every single day, we were going to, Call somebody, encourage, encourage them. Somebody every single day. This is the thing. The thing is, life happens, things happen, and you can get distracted. When you begin to have a goal to encourage somebody, this is what I figured out. When I'm encouraging people every single day, I get encouraged. When I'm getting used every single day. Now, did I have a great day every single day? No, I chased somebody down in traffic. Then I had to be spiritual and and encourage somebody. It doesn't matter. See, what did 
See, even David at times didn't hit the mark. But what did he say? He said, God created me a clean heart. Why? He said, wash me clean so that I might turn the hearts of the rebellious back to you. What is the main objective? Listen, you do wrong, the righteous fall seven times, get back up seven and begin to love on people. Begin to encourage them. You know, the Bible says that the next gift that you need to pray for outside of love is to prophesy. Now, a lot of people get weird about this word prophesy because they think they're like a Christian fortune teller. And they have people that have strong gifts to prophesy, and I believe in that. But God called us all to prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? Let's look at this. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, and then we're going to skip over to verse 3. It says, love, let love be your highest goal. Look, look at your neighbor and say, this is the highest goal. But you should also desire the spiritual abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Verse 3. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. That doesn't sound too hard. That doesn't sound too hard. You want to prophesy? You want to do great things for God? Think about other people in your prayer time. Think about other people in your Bible reading time. Begin to text them, call them, FaceTime them. I don't know, we have so many, do whatever. Begin to encourage people. You know, the Bible says, if people that are in the house of God can't love each other, then what are we doing? We got to get this right first, then begin to look for people and encourage them. So you know what, God has a great plan for your life. Is it true? God has a great plan for everybody's life. And, and you can say, you know what? You know what, you know, you, I, you can tell who somebody is by going out to eat with somebody. Be nice to the waitress or the waiter. Who are you, king something? You know, snapping your fingers and getting mad. Hey, love on people. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are contemplating suicide. There are people that are contemplating abortion. There are people that are contemplating many things, and God puts you in their path. And you know what? Just to encourage them and say, I don't know what you're going through, but can I just pray for you? Every single day. Every single day. What would our life be like if we were fulfilled every single day? We would be restored. We would have life. And the last one is this. The last one is this. Every single day, watch God move. See, once you pray and once you encourage and do what God's telling you to do, you, the results are not up to you. The results are up to God. But don't uproot your seed that you planted just because you didn't see something initially. Your seeds that you sow are promised to grow. The seeds that you sow are promised to go grow, and God says you need to watch. Watch them. Jesus was walking in town. He was wanting to get a fig off a fig tree. The fig tree was barren. He said, curse you, fig tree. You will never produce fruit again. The disciples forgot about it. The next day they came by and saw a fig tree that was uprooted. See, nothing happened initially. But Jesus was teaching something. When you begin to speak something, something goes forth and activates the spiritual realm. Begin to encourage people. 
and God will begin to form your life up in a beautiful way. How does God begin to form your life up? By doing things daily, the daily decisions. Van Gogh said this. He said, he said, he said, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Every single day. Jesus cursed that tree. The disciples were so excited the next day that it was uprooted. They said, Jesus, look at what happened. Listen to what he said. Matthew 21, 21. It says this. It says, These, then Jesus told them, I'll tell you the truth. If you have faith and you don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to that mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything, say anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. How many of you want to begin to pray in faith? Begin to encourage in faith. Not encourage somebody, they didn't receive it well and say, well, I guess that didn't work. No, no, no. There was a seed sown and God's going to make it come to fruition. The Bible says, don't lose heart when doing good. Because in due season, in due season, you're going to reap a harvest. Why? Because you did one thing one weekend. No, it is a daily pursuit, small things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness daily, and all things come together. Your life begins to be lined out when you walk with him, when you work with him, and when you watch and you begin to see God do the impossible. Come on, if you say, I'm going to make a decision I want to give you a challenge. I want to give you a seven-day challenge. You can do anything for seven days. I want to give you a seven-day challenge to say every single day, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to encourage somebody. And I'm going to believe that God is going to begin to do great things in the people that I'm speaking into their lives.